Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Random at the valley. All right. Recording in three, two. Carson, sit down. <laughs> I am going to shoot you. Uh. I'm sorry, I did that on purpose. Uh, Still have that tranquilizer gun. This is why I drink. (laughs) Hi, I'm Godless Cranium, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Now that you can finally smoke freebies, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and if you show us the same person, we will cure him or her. Yep. Joining me as usual is the team that reminds you that sacred cows make the best hamburgers. She put instant coffee in a microwave and almost sent her back in time, Nancy. Oh, that would be good. I would try that. Maxwell actual health time machine. She thinks there's a fine line between fishing and standing on the shore like an idiot. <laughs> there, it is a very fine line, and I usually don't get it in the right direction. <laughs> and she claims alcohol is the anesthesia for life. <laughs> yep. The person beside me is the reason why I drink. <laughs> yeah. oh, welcome back, guys. I hope you had a great week. Um, um, you forgot to introduce someone. No, no, I haven't forgotten anything yet. Thank you for ruining my beginning there, miss. I ruin everything. <sighs> because I was about to go say, do you guys smell something? <laughs> it smells like youthful Teenagers. arrogance. Youthful enthusiasm. Uh, uh-oh. Our old friend out. Dominic is back. Get it out. <laughs> I thought you said we were going to move the studio before that happened. <laughs> I didn't have time. He, he followed me home. Oh. <laughs> Can I build the show again, please? I'm sneaky. <laughs> uh. I guess we can keep him. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to keep Yay. him. Yeah, so thanks, Christina, for ruining my beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still love you. Just made it more fun. She's fired. I uh, was never hired. I'll take her place. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an opportunist there, sir, aren't you? <laughs> how, how many times has Christina been fired now? I don't know. Oh, wait, I've been fired before? Several times. <laughs> really? Usually when you're not you, here. You need to stop drinking. No. <laughs> I like my Irish coffee. So today, <laughs> morning to you. So today we'll be talking to another YouTuber called Godless Engineer. So that's going to be very interesting, but first, let's do our usual chit-chat. We've got lots to go through. Did you guys hear that the uh, International Space Station had a leak? Ah, Oh, yeah, this thing again. In the uh, Russian section, there was a 2-millimeter hole in the Soyuz MS-09. Yeah, actually, (laughs) there was a drop in uh, air pressure, and unlike the movie, nobody got sucked out. You know, but one of the astronauts did put his finger over it, so his finger was actually touching space for, the, for a short time. Space. Wait, like his actual finger? Yes. Like his, yeah. not like in a suit or anything, just his, just his finger. straight it, finger. Yes. It depends how far it's out because your finger can actually freeze. 
and then whatever, right? It was so. a two millimeter hole. It was a it, tiny little thing, right? Yeah. So putting they, it over to stop the air pressure. So from they, they fixed that. They, they say it was probably caused by a micrometeorite or yeah. probably flying debris. Yeah. Did, did they, they say how they fixed it? What material? They just cut they off the thing. Somebody was like crazy glue. Duct tape. Or? Somebody was chewing bubble gum. <laughs> bubble gum. Bubble gum, and they just put bubble gum over top of it. So now there's a big pink balloon outside (laughs) the International Space. No, it didn't say, unfortunately. Hey, don't make me mute your microphone on the first day there, bud. All right, did you guys hear Goop is actually coming to Canada? I did hear this. The Gwyneth Paltrow site, Goop. Oh, that's right. I read that. That's right. Let's get our jade eggs out, ladies. That's right. (laughs) Women in Canada can also shove out jade egg up there. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a wellness summit in Vancouver, October 27th. Jesus Christ. $400 a ticket. Whoa! Well, at least least we know no one's going. I thought it was going to be so much more. You don't need that for rent. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Although the funny thing is, is, uh, Canadian scientists from all over the uh, the, the country have uh, voiced their opinion saying this is a bad, bad idea. And women should really not go. To, to, to this peddler of yes. misinformation. Well, I'm very well, happy you, that so many scientists. I, I have to. Um, I I feel like most of the time I'm up on most things, but this was totally under my radar. Yeah. Is this a site that you were familiar with? Goop, that, yes, absolutely. Did you Goop? It's, yeah. Goop is a, a, a site that belongs to actress Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. And she's been selling all kinds of. St- Stupid home remedies forever. The one, the famous one, of course, is the jade egg. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. There, there was another that I think it had it had something to do with like she was claiming something to do with like NASA. With what? Well, it's something to do with like I, something from space. Oh, really? And NASA like came out saying, "Yeah, no, <clears throat> that's not true," and she had to like totally like change it. Oh, I did not hear that one. Yeah, is she popular she, in Canada? She's um, an actress. No, that, I know. I mean, I mean, it's her site, not her. But I, we, don't know. we don't know. We don't know. I would, I would probably say definitely not as much as in the states because I find in the states they are more because they have like Hollywood and like more willing York, to go into. Well, I find so they're it's also more, a bigger market. They're more. I'm trying to think of the right word. Gullible? Mesmerized by celebrities, okay, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, especially people who are not as educated, and and that I think is another reason why can Canadians aren't as taken by this is because we do have a very educated population, mm. percentage wise. So, and and we have a way better education in Canada. So, everyone gets a better education K to 12 so we know science a little better so even people living in the boonies know that just shoving a rock up your vagina isn't a good idea yeah it'll be really interesting to see how many people pay 400 bucks just to be mesmerized by a hollywood actress yeah has pseudoscience up her exactly <laughs> up her yeah it. definitely yeah. pseudoscience <laughs> oh god hasn't improved her acting either yeah. No. yeah well and then she also like she also like uh what was it pushes like um steaming yes. which is so unbelievably bad because it causes utis yeah like it's stupid <laughs> like you're such an idiot yeah I've never heard of this, so... That's okay. You don't have a vagina. You don't have to worry about it. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> young ears here. Young ears. Um, going on, uh, keep it on here. Um, 
did you guys hear that the province of BC uh, is actually suing opioid makers for negligence and costs on the medical system? Seriously, yeah. really? This is for, a, a pretty much what? A, 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 a this what? is pretty much akin because of the opioid crisis that's been going on for quite a while now. This is pretty much akin to what the government started doing when they started suing tobacco manufacturers. Nice. Now the BC government is actually the first one to do this worldwide to sue the uh, opioid makers. You can uh, sue opioid makers? Yes. You can sue anybody. It's a start. What? David Eby, the Attorney General, is suing over 40 companies involving the manufacturing, wholesale, and distribution of opioids. So that's going to be an So it's a start. I think part of it, if I, and correct me because you probably read more than I did, but part of it is because of the way the opioid, um, the pharmaceutical companies marketed them, mm-hmm. saying that there was a low risk of addiction. Yes. And, oh, wow, um, really? My yeah, rear end. I, but I, I didn't think the know doctors, that. in some ways, you have to look at the doctors who. You know, agreed with that, and and did mark and did prescribe the drug on the basis of what the it's pharmaceutical that the doctors- said, rather than looking at what was happening to mm-hmm. their their own population. So it's it's a great start, and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it it. It does some good, like the tobacco. This is, this is going to take a while, obviously, because yeah. just like the tobacco companies, these people have yeah. lawyers coming out of the wazoo. This is going to drag in court forever. But like you said, it's a good start. Yeah. yeah. The courts always win. In Ontario, land of the not-so-free anymore, Ugh. did you guys hear, hear that the court ruled uh, now that intoxication can be used again as a defense in sexual assault case? What? No, no. Wrong. I, I wrong. I don't get it. Well, it, it used to be... It used to no, be I mean, that, and then, it, then they made a law it. basically saying you cannot use that. But the judge ruled that the law preventing such a, the argument was unconstitutional. So now they have to go back to square one. Yeah, I, I, if, I mean, that part of it, it's, it's like if someone can... I, I don't understand how someone can um, claim... That intoxication, you know, is is a defense when it was a choice for that person to become intoxicated. If you were intoxicated due to a um, a medical reason, where you suddenly became um, 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 unable to know right from wrong, then you're not, well, that's you're the not responsible. But you are responsible if you made the choice to have those 12 beers, you know, and three whiskeys rather than stop at half a beer or not drink at all. I, so I that's, that's, my, that's my difficulty with it. Would this same defense work if you stole a car? Probably not, because uh, that is Grand Theft Auto anyway. That's a good question. But, I don't but know. like, you're... If you're intoxicated, you like how How is... Lowering your own inhibitions, like by drinking alcohol, yeah, much more than lowering your inhibitions at that point. Well, yeah, then causing you Probably. to assault someone. Mm-hmm. How how is that an excuse for that situation? The, the, the excuse is I was so intoxicated that I lost control. This is something. But then why? Why couldn't you do the same thing? I'm out of control. I've never stolen a vehicle before. Yeah, that's right. It was a just, choice for you to. To steal that vehicle, they, you, they had, use, you had the ability not to yeah, steal. Yeah, but, but I'm, like, I'm like, unfortunately, like I'm stupid. not an Ontario law expert. I can't answer that question. Yeah, but I'm assuming that 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 argument has probably been made in the courts, whether or not it's yeah. the, the, the the courts accepted is a different thing. Now here we'll just talk about sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. so that's another interesting. We'll thing have to follow that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, absolutely. And like, are people going to exploit that? 
Probably. I would, I would say this would be a, a loophole opportunity. So go have hey. a few drinks and boom, there you go. You're or set. The exactly. You don't even need to have the drinks. You could just say you had the drinks. But when you're arrested, you go for, you say, you're climbing, you're intoxicated. Okay, I'm going to go through alcohol testing. Well, but what if the person doesn't report the assault for arrested. a couple of days? If it's a couple of days, then it's, then he say, she say, exactly. she say, unless it's reported yeah. As quick as you can, then you still have evidence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the thing is, you can still have physical evidence of an assault happening on the woman's side a few days later. Yeah. But at the time, the guy could just say anything. Yes. But the, the also the the odds of somebody actually using that as an excuse to actually commit something evil, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. are fairly slim. Oh, probably not even. It, you're going to be proven guilty before you can even say, "Oh, hey." I was intoxicated. And Done. there's a, you know, to, to mitigate this a little bit, you can use that as a defense, but that doesn't, that doesn't say one way or the other whether the jury would accept that if, yeah. uh, defense yeah. and then, you know, say that they're not guilty or not. So it's up to the attorney. That's a good point. Yeah, it's up mm-hmm. to the attorney to use that defense in a way that he thinks is, is going to sway the jury and, and they could not be swayed, possibly. The attorney better have some damn good evidence then. Because you're intoxicated yeah. then. Did you guys follow the uh, Kinder Morgan pipeline thing? Yep. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the Court of Appeal came down this week basically telling the government to go back to the drawing board about the Kinder Morgan pipeline. Oh. Effectively putting it on halt. Good. Um, what has happened here is although the Energy Board uh, approved the pipeline, the government approved the pipeline, everybody's approved the pipeline, everybody's ready to go, shovels are in the ground, but then the Court of Appeal basically came out and said, no, hold on a sec, you guys did all your homework until... You reached the edge of the water. Then you did not. <laughs> you did not do your homework as to what would happen for the transport on these tankers, yeah. and that is an essential point that the opposition to the Kinder Morgan pipeline is trying to make. So the Court of Appeal basically said, "No, this is halted until further notice." This is, uh, of course, the pipeline. Then, of course, the funny thing that happened is Kinder Morgan itself was watching with bated breath as soon as that uh, that uh, ruling came out. Kinder Morgan Pipeline, uh, the, the board of directors from Kinder Morgan, within five minutes, voted to sell the pipeline to the Canadian government wow. at $4.71 billion. Well, and we talked about job. this before. Good and, uh, job. They got rid of, yeah, they, they just passed a fast They're, one over. They were all probably high-fiving each absolutely, other. Like, absolutely. Hey, I like, made money. Being we like dodged a bullet So like, oh Courts don't God. like well, me. This has become a huge embarrassment for the Canadian government Canada. and for Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And then Rachel Notley, the uh, premier of Alberta, Decided to really get cranky, and she had a, uh, a press conference basically saying that she will pull out, Alberta will pull out of the federal climate plan until this is resolved. Seriously? <sighs> Which is funny because I, I don't understand what kind of tactic that is. Uh, is she going to set a forest on fire too while she's at it? You know, why did you pull out of the climate action plan because you didn't get the pipeline? Um, it doesn't make sense to me, but either way, mm. this is where it stands right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things that's going to drag on for quite a while. Oh, I, I think I think that what what the government's going to do here is um, Rachel Notley is actually asking the government to appeal that the Court of Appeals decision to the Supreme Court of Canada. I think that will take a long time, and I think what the government is going to come out and basically say, no, what we're going to do is we're just going to review the decision from the uh, the energy board, mm-hmm. and we're just going to put out annex 
the report as to how it's safe on the water or something like that, and they're going to go back to the Court of Appeal because that would be probably a shorter route. They're just going to comply mm-hmm. with the court's decision, and I think that's probably a wise thing. It's but so in the meantime, Alberta's really pissed off. Yeah, it's so controversial. I, it's really funny, though, because I am, I am of the opinion that we shouldn't be taking like oil from the tar sands mm-hmm. because like it's it's insane when you look at how environmentally damaging it is it is like on a scale of like green countries without the tar sands we are one of the greenest nations on this planet mm-hmm. with it we're one of the worst yes like it it is so like the the amount of crap yeah that we do to and the environment energy. taking that out of the earth and like having to refine it it's like it's not worth it like it'd be so much better to instead focus on like better ways of getting energy like yeah i know and and this is it's easy for me to say as someone in bc where my economy doesn't rely on that i understand that but it's still looking at something that isn't sustainable and is ruining our planet i totally agree and like okay guys we need to figure a better way to do this but I totally agree with you, but playing devil's advocate on the other side, if you say that we're not going to refine our own resource, then you have to import the mm-hmm. resource. And where do we import from? Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Which, of course, we have a spat with right now. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, so part of me would love to, to see us basically say to Saudi Arabia, screw you, and the horse you rode on, and we're just going to develop our and refine well, our own are, sands. Are there other countries that do oil or is uh, it just well, yeah. Saudi Arabia no but it's the main one yeah. and Saudi Arabia is really big and for uh, all the OPEC countries right mm-hmm. so uh, so I, I understand and of we course we should all same- go to electric cars well no yes and no <gasps> yes and no Uh-oh. I think we should no. Dominic you're too young to drive anyway so you don't have an opinion <laughs> on this. I still have an opinion no, it's no. Canada <laughs> I am so offended right now guys but I Oil is not it's just like, oil is not just cars. You have to remember yeah, a lot of things true. in oil and yeah. just about everything that's plastic, yep. medicine. There's a lot of everything. So we still need the resource. Yeah. I just wish we would see more initiative for us slowly moving away from mm-hmm. it. I mean, if you're saying, for example, let's do the pipeline and the environmentalists are not happy, throw them a bone. Say, okay, we're going to do the pipeline, but we're also going to do a wind uh, Power yeah, plant. totally. If we're doing, if we're gonna do that, then I say that's a good idea, because you're also taking natural resources that's constantly getting renewed. Then yes. the oil, if it depletes, it depletes. It will eventually. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say we've probably reached peak oil already as it is as yeah. a planet. So yeah, but this is why we're yeah. forced. We to do don't have more dinosaurs to squish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and last but certainly not least, oh God, I want to talk about this moronic orange Julius of a. Fucking asshole oh, of a president they have down exactly there. Here we go. Oh, I cannot believe this. Of course, trade talks have been going on between He's Canada so and the U.S. And they just signed, starts again. The U.S. just signed with the Mexicans, and they're basically trying to um, force Canada into signing this agreement. And uh, kudos on the the prime minister and uh, his uh, minister of trade for standing tall at this point. And I hope they still do. Me too. But did you guys hear? About what happened between yes. the Toronto Star and Bloomberg. Oh, yes, yes I did. I, I'd participate in this conversation, oh. but it still hurts a little bit where those tranquilizers. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I did read, not hear. This is the article from the Toronto Star, so I'm going to read it because I have it right here in front of me. So, 
Here's the article. It says, high-stakes negotiation between Canada and the U.S. were dramatically up- upended on Friday morning, this was yesterday, after inflammatory secret remarks by President Donald Trump were obtained by the Toronto Star. He can't keep his mouth shut. He's such an idiot. Trump's comments were viewed by Canadian negotiators as evidence for the suspicion that the U.S. was not making legitimate efforts to compromise. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's official confronted the president's official with the leaked quotes as a high level, uh, at a high-level uh, meeting on Friday morning. Trump's words caused a U.S. media firestorm. By the end of the day, Trump had confirmed the accuracy of the Star's report that the, he was fine with the leak because now Canada knows his true feelings and also complained at length that the leak was a breach of his trust. Of course, it's all about him. Canada and U.S. were not able to reach a deal by, uh, by Trump's informal deadline of Friday, which yesterday. Uh, the talks were scheduled to resume on next Wednesday. Trump made his controversial statement at the Oval Office interview with Bloomberg News on Thursday. He said off the record that he is not making any compromise at all with Canada. So he's not going to budge on anything, right? But he expects us to do. I I don't think he understands trade deals. Exactly. (laughs) And that he could not say this publicly because it's going to be insulting and they're not going to be able to make a deal. Here's the problem. This is his quote. Here's the problem. If I say no, the answer is no. If I say no, then you're going to put that in and it's going to be so insulting that they're not going to be able to make a deal. I can't kill these people, Trump said of the Canadian government. I can't kill these people, right? In other remarks he did not want published, Trump said that any deal with Canada would be totally on our terms. He suggested he was scaring Canadians into submission (laughs) and repeatedly threatening to impose tariffs on Canadian-made cars. You know what, you orange buffoon of a monkey? Dictator. Yeah, you know what, you (laughs) orange buffoon of a monkey? Go right ahead. Go right ahead. These are American cars, you jackass. You're just going to create more paperwork and more pain for Americans. Because what are you going to do? So you're going to you're going to put a tariff on Canadian cars made U.S. cars made in Canada, but then you have to think about all the components. The alternator comes from Detroit. Oh, but well, you can't put a tariff on that. You're but the your story comes from Windsor. Now you have to put a tariff on that. You're just going to create a fucking nightmare. You're and, taxing and yourself, you yes. buffoon. So now, now the Americans are going to say, well, I want to buy a Chevrolet. Oh, but all of a sudden, because of the tariffs, the price of a Chevrolet is five grand higher. So where do you think they're going to go? They're going to go buy a Toyota instead. Yep. You're an idiot. Yep. He's an I, idiot. I'm, you, I, I, despite all of this, <sighs> I am cautiously optimistic for Canada. I was listening to some reports about how Krista Freeland is handling herself, and I was also listening to a report of one of the um, Canadians who was responsible, not responsible, but participated in the NAFTA um, conversations and trade deals. And it's possible that what's actually going on at the table is a little more productive, and that whatever Trump is saying, it's like his tweets, that he He's saying one thing, but the reality is actually going to be a little more moderate. Mm-hmm. So we have to wait to see, you know, what comes out of the talks and see what happens. Because at this point, you have to realize that Trump is so locked in a corner in his life with everything else that's happening. He's trying to bellow about things that he can oh, I totally have, agree. have some um, some degree of, of power. So but he's not he's, personally he's, negotiating. Yeah, he's 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 everything horrible that yes. we want to say. But the the 
final the final outcome may be a little bit a little bit better than we think. Well, I think I think it will be because first of all, he's not personally leading the negotiations. Yeah, exactly. But it just shows that the man has. Oh yeah. You know, he, he's not even negotiating good faith. You know, he's not even doing that. You know, he really doesn't give a rat's ass about anything but his whatever yeah. reputation. He wants us to kiss his ass, and I'm. On behalf of a lot of Canadians, fuck you. That ain't gonna happen. And if you buffoon. Well, the other the other thing is is that this has been a week of John McCain. Yes. And I think Trump has done everything he can to try and refocus the spotlight on, him. on himself. So I think this may be part of it. Although I, I agree that you know it's it's possible that he's just um, you know the buffoon. And, and, oh, he is the buffoon. You know, he's such he, a buffoon. He, he's he's responsible you know for everything he says, but. At the same time, I'm not going to take them all that seriously because of everything else that's going on this week. But Boy. we shall see after Wednesday. So he came out with a tweet basically saying, Wow, I made off-the-record comments to Bloomberg concerning Canada, and this powerful understanding was blatantly violated. No, it wasn't. Bloomberg didn't report anything. We are The we Toronto Star did, and the long. Toronto Star being a Canadian newspaper is not bound... By whatever American laws you have. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we well, are. just more dishonest reporting. I am used to it. At least Canada knows where I stand. You know what? Yeah. Justin, buddy, listen to me. I know you listen to this show. All the time. <laughs> it's your favorite. Nancy, call Justin after this, okay? We need to have a chat. This is what you do. You go and talk to Trump, and you go to him, and you just kick him in the nuts where it hurts. You know where it hurts? Cold country. He has been put this on this platform for the longest time. What Americans don't realize is all their coal exports don't leave off the Pacific coast. They do, but not in the U.S. They all come here to Vancouver. Ha-ha, and they're loaded have, oh. up here. So you want to kick him in the nuts? You just say, we're going to put a carbon tax on all the coal exports from the U.S. Boom. You just hit him right in the nuts in coal country where he's so freakingly popular and amazing, apparently. That, you want to play hardball, Trump? Go right ahead. This is what we should do to him. That and wait to the midterms. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. If Trump wants to play hardball, we're going to play harder. Well, you know, I hope our government does. We um, get taxes. You get bigger taxes. Also, Canada, in, our, in the trade deal issue... Canada has all the citizens behind him. Yes. Like, behind our Prime Minister. America? A bit divided? There is the very small percentage. Because even Trump, a lot of Trump supporters are like, just trade deals are stupid. Yes. Because they see it hurting them. Like, the farmers. Uh, Like... By the way, the the poll this week, I think it was I think it was an ABC poll, but I'm not for sure, showed that Trump's disapproval rating is at sixty percent. Wow! And of course, this all this is just because he wants us to stop the supply management we have in the dairy industry. I know, right? And as someone who works in the dairy industry, that makes me so mad. (laughs) Yes, because uh, you know the 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 Americans want access to our dairy market, and I understand that. I totally understand that. Here's the problem with that, and I am saying that for our fellow Canadians also that like to go to Bellingham to buy dairy don't do that you, you, you're kicking yourself in the ass by doing well, it it is dairy. cheaper 
It is cheaper. But what you don't know is Americans years ago have passed a law that you can actually inject cows with a growth hormone to make them produce more milk. And that causes problems. And these hormones end up in your milk. This is why I don't buy American dairy. Doesn't doesn't it make um, like the cows get sick and then make it the, does it does it also makes their udders usually absolutely huge and doesn't it make the milk sour or something like that well there might be some problems with the milk you know pus mastitis that kind of stuff uh, uh but either way you have you have a, a product that's not as for lack of a better word pure as it should be and i think it's one of the big reasons why we should stick with our canadian milk and yeah, it might be a bit more expensive to buy Canadian milk, but you actually have a cleaner product. And the, also the fact, the reason why Canada doesn't allow imports of milk is because the amount of milk that Canada produces is tiny. We don't produce a lot of milk because we produce the amount of milk we need. Mm-hmm. So we don't have, because in America, farms have to dump perfectly good milk because they just have too much of it yes because they're getting these cows to produce a lot of milk and they're producing too much this is why they want access to our market in canada exactly in canada we know how much milk we need each farm knows how much milk they need to produce and they only produce that much and that's why it's called supply management exactly but if we open up our market Mm -hmm. california alone makes more milk than canada yeah the whole country yeah if they export into Canada, our Canadian farmers are, and our farmers are mostly family farms yes. that have been milking for generations. The one I live on, or not live on, work on, the the it's the, the grandfather and his kids and his grand and his grandkids, and he his family, like the grandpa's family in Norway, no Holland, sorry Holland milked, and. There are there are very few factory farms like big companies in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like all of them are family farms, and they would disappear within months. Yeah, they would just be put out of business because all the imports. Goodbye. And he doesn't care about other countries. Yeah, no. he does not care about other countries. Exactly. He, he barely understand. cares about his own country. He fundamentally does not understand. Yeah. and. When things are explained to him, he blocks it out, and I don't. I don't think a new idea has come into his head. Yeah. You know, once he decides in his ignorance that that's the way the world is, he's not changing his view. It's really difficult. Anyway, to, you know, yeah. there's no logic. We'll have to move on here. Okay, so. dear Nancy, you got <laughs> a top ten for us? Here we go. All right, this week something that actually has been in the in the news, um, not huge big news, but fun. Fun news, so you may already know the outcome of this, um, but we'll see when we get there. The top 10, as um, given to us by the Recording Industry Association of America, as to what are the top 10 albums of all time that Ooh. have been sold. Albums. Oh, so here I think we Michael go. Jackson's gonna be on number this. 10, most likely Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Really? Oh, very good album. You know never that? heard of them. Yeah? You, you You've know never heard of Oh my gosh. He's 13. You're so Yeah, that's young. number 10. <laughs> okay, and number nine. Hootie and the Blowfish. Cracked Rear View. Okay, I've never heard I've, of them. I've heard of that one. Yeah? Did I've never like heard it? of that one. Yes, I <laughs> There you go. Now you're even. <laughs> number eight. Little Change of Pace. Garth Brooks. Uh, double Live. Anybody no surprise. Garth Country. Not surprised. Uh, okay. Number seven. 
ACDC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. ACDC. I'm not surprised to hear that. Okay. Number six. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Yeah. Just Love. number six? Number no. six. I was about to put that one on top. <laughs> oh, really? That, that's one of your favorites? Well, I, I, it's not necessarily one of my favorites, but it's, it's such a legendary album. Jeez. <laughs> like, okay, do you Obviously, think I that number five, Led Zeppelin's The Led Zeppelin 4 is, is, should be at number five rather than Pink Floyd? Should it be in front of Pink oh, Floyd? Oh, God, that's a good call. Oh, uh, I don't know. To, yeah. <laughs> I don't have an opinion on this because I haven't heard sales. of any of them. I mean, this hmm. is an opinion. Yeah. These are the ones I, I think the Pink Floyd The Wall is more famous. Yeah. But it doesn't they that go doesn't by, go probably to going sales. by album sales. Oh, right? yeah, no, 100% yeah, going by sales. This, this is when music was good. I know, it, I know you it don't was know that. Good. The 80s music? Even 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah, okay. Number so four, like really when everyone was high. <laughs> <laughs> Number 4, Billy Joel, Greatest Hits Volume 1 and Volume really? 2. Yeah. He's always the been popular man. though. Yeah. His, you know. It's a good song. Number three, the Eagles, Hotel of California. Of Hotel California. Yeah, I now, love that song. Now, number one and number two. The Beatles. Please be the Beatles. Are really interesting because it has to do with total sales. That means anything that you download, oh. you know, and you have to pay for. So these go back and forth, you know, over the years. Sometimes one is ahead and sometimes the, the other is okay. ahead. So number two is Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, I yeah. pulled that. <laughs> now, Michael Jackson... He would have been 60 this year. N- n- not Michael Jackson do, 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 has do, been do, number do. one on many, many occasions. Do, do, do. But this year, they've been beaten out by who do you think? The Beatles? Oh, not they. Uh, he, he, his selling of albums yeah, and I have to go with the Beatles. CDs and so forth. Who do you think beat him out? The Beatles. Beatles, the White Album. I don't know. The Eagles album, their greatest hits, 1971. Oh. They have gone, the Eagles and Michael hmm. Jackson have gone back and forth. The Beatles were back even and there. Forth. I know. And what? The Eagles. That makes me sad. Have you ever heard any of the Eagles albums? I probably have, but I don't recognize the name connected to any song. Yeah. Not the, the The Eagles, back in my generation, they... The, their music tends to sound alike, you know. De- depending, their songs sound your quite. Generation? But they're just, they're just wonderful. They usually, play uh, like tribal drums. In yeah, your generation. they're really great. The Eagles. Uh, Boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Wow, yeah. good list, Nancy. The, the, the top song I think of all that they had was "Taking It Easy." And that had to do with it standing on the corner in yep. Winslow, Oklahoma. I'm going to go yeah, home and listen to the Eagles seven women now. on my mind. <laughs> and I remember standing on the corner in Winslow, Oklahoma, thinking, wow, I'm part of the, <laughs> I'm part of the Eagles now. That's awesome. That's but awesome. yeah, I, I recommend that anybody who has not heard the Eagles download Taking It Easy. And you can also download... You know her lion eyes, which is which is really good. Or desperados is a really good one as well. Those are all in the in the Eagles greatest hits, nineteen seventy one. Yeah. So congrats to the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Congrats, right? All right, my dear Christian, you ready to regale us all with another brilliant moment? Brought to you by religion. Oh yes, I have to. So, a couple of weeks ago, visitors to the Hollywood Community Police Station division of the LAPD would have seen a giant kiosk consisting of a large TV flanked by posters and pamphlets discussing human rights, children, how to cleanse your body of drugs, and how to achieve happiness. 
That seems like a strange mix. You're right. The display was put there by Scientologists. Uh, of course it was. Fun stuff. LAPD, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Fix yourself. Why would Scientologists have access to a police station? Why would a police station promote Scientology? Because they're thetans. And who approved this religious propaganda anyway? Let me guess, the chief of LAPD? A reader who wishes to remain anonymous took pictures and alerted American atheists earlier this month. Attorney Jeff Blackwell made clear that the, to the LAPD that these kiosks, who knew how many there were across Los, An- Los Angeles, amounted to an establishment of religion by the government Absolutely. because it failed all three prongs of the lemon test. <laughs> what? The lemon test. What is said lemon test? It's where they take lemon and see if it's really citrusy. Yeah. Yeah. For, first, you no. gotta like put it on a cut. In, in your night, in, no, no, no. First, you gotta taste it. Then you gotta put it on a cut. Then you put it in your eye. That's lemon. No, no. I'm the what? In, in the, in the, in the <laughs> totally United joking. States, as part of their concept, their First Amendment, uh, <laughs> you're not allowed to establish religion as part of government. So a oh. school cannot push it, a library can't push it, uh, a uh, civil government can't push it, a police force can't push it. Okay, so anything access to the public? No, anything that's government, not access to the public. Uh, you can do it as a private citizen, Yeah. but if it's that's, governmental, a teacher, something like that. If you're getting government uh, funding. For yeah. Oh, okay. So pay, you can't do that. Fire, so emergency services then. Can't well, like say anything, hey, anything that's government. It's part related. of the it's part of the, the Bill of Rights. That's yeah. right. First Amendment. Yeah, they have okay. in God we trust. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh God boy. now. Uh, but it doesn't say which God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> However, that's a whole, other, trust. whole other way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one, Kevin. Right. The placement of these kiosks in police department facilities violates each prong of the lemon test. First. No secular purpose is served by placing a large fixture designed solely to promote the tenets of Scientology in the lobby of an LAPD facility. Second, the primary effect of permitting the kiosk to be placed in such a prominent location is to advance the interests of the Church of Scientology. Third, the size and other unique characteristics of this display necessarily create excessive entanglement between the Church and the LAPD. Given the, di- given the discussions that must have taken place between LAPD and the church about delivery and placement of the display, its power requirements, the restocking of pamphlets, and other related issues. The Church of Scientology has an actual history of infiltrating government positions to try to benefit the church itself. You know what I think? I think it's just, hey, I'm going to put it inside of a police station so people can't vandalize it, and if they do, they're vandalizing police property, and they can get arrested for it, so... I'm just, I'm, just surprised that, I'm just surprised that the police department allowed that without realizing, you know, the consequences. There's probably a Scientologist at the top. Where's the human resources department? Would you rather department? have the commissioner angry at you or Xenu? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to deal with Xenu. Yeah. yeah. He's an intergalactic overlord. He's yeah. you don't mess with that guy. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder why the human resources department in the LAPD didn't get all over this because this would be something a human resources department would love. Well, mm-hmm. if you if you're a Scientologist in the human resources department, then. oh well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cough, cough, bribery. Yeah. <laughs> The AALC respectfully requests that the LAPD remedy this violation by removing all such displays promoting Scientology from all facilities under the LAPD's control in the next 10 business days. If the displays are not removed, the AALC will assist our complainant 
in pursuing legal remedies for this violation, for which the LAPD may, ha- may be held financially responsible. The letter also asked for public records regarding these displays in order to figure out how this happened. It worked. While A was told there was no public records relating to the displays, more on that in a second, Richard Tefank, the, de- the executive director of the Los Angeles Police Commission, wrote back within 48 hours to say the Hollywood kiosk had been taken down and there were no other displays promoting any religion anywhere in the LAPD. As far as Blackwell is concerned, that's a victory. Yeah, because they don't want to get sued to Kingdom Come. I don't think anyone wants to get sued to Kingdom Come. It's a I wouldn't want to get sued to next Tuesday. <laughs> well, probably not. Because if it's a it's a public facility, I'm going to go in there and see that. Well, I've got bad news for you. I'm sure well, you have papers if, right now for stealing my wallet. If, if, a Mus- oh, if a Muslim crew or a, or a pacificarian, pacificarian, if any of the others had come and wanted a display... The police department would have automatically said, said no. no, we yeah. can't do it. So it's really surprising, you know, that that they accepted that. But hmm. anyway, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. When a massive display promoting a particular religious viewpoint appears in a police station, that is immediately cause for concern, said Jeffrey T. Blackwell, staff attorney for American Atheists. We're pleased that the Los Angeles Board of Police Commissioners took immediate action to resolve this issue. A police facility is where crime victims go in times of acute emotional distress. Not only is it beyond inappropriate for them to encounter a church's recruitment campaign, it's unconstitutional as well. People depend on the police for real-world assistance, not religious endorsements. The kiosk's origins remain a mystery. That means a kiosk was installed in a police station with no public request to put it there, no public record of who created the display, and no public indication of who gave them a green light. I knew Scientology thrived on secrecy, but this is just weird. Yeah. And Thank you, American atheists. Yes, and you know what? Churches do that all the time. We were discussing that too long ago about the culture guard putting these pamphlets, their pamphlets, within the other junk mail and sneaking them in. They know, these people know full well what they're doing is illegal. They know. They know, but they're just trying to sneak it in in the hopes of catching a few fish. And the Scientologists are no different. Well, they think they're in the right to it. They think yeah, they, they think they really feel as though morally they're they are trying to um, uh, uh, suppress the you know everything that's wrong in society, and so they feel as though regardless of the law, they have a higher authority Absolutely. to do it. Plus, they they're mean spirited and they know it's wrong. Yes, <laughs> this, this is why sometimes arguing with Christians becomes really. Uh, Interesting because you realize, you know, sometimes I look at them and says, "How does it feel to be lying for Jesus right now? How does it? I mean, you know full well what you tell me is bullshit. You know it's a lie, but you do, you're still doing it because your mission to Jesus seems more important. So why are you doing that, right? And uh, half the time they don't know, they can't really answer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, is that it? I think that's good for this. For this okay. Oh, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, to, to add to that. Last week, we talked about the fact that the swishy lady, Cat Kerr... Did you get the lunchbox? I did. Um, (gasps) Cat Kerr, um, you know, because we love Cat Kerr, and we found out that, (laughs) totally unrelated to her, but a a company that's associated with um, one of the stores in Canada called uh, Canada Great Canadian Superstore has a line of backpacks and... This is going into a little bit more of 
more than anybody wants to hear. But there's a line of backpacks for children and uh, the sandwich, uh, insulated sandwich boxes called the Jump Kids. And one of those had a swoosh on the the top. And so I bought one of the swooshy um, lunch boxes. I brought it home and I played the Cat Kerr, one of Cat Kerr's um, podcasts on the inside so that the, the, um, the, the, the lunchbox would be fully swooshed <laughs> by, the, by the swooshy lady herself. So I'm proud to announce that we are all fortified now and nothing bad is ever going to happen because we have the swooshy lady swoosh- force as part of Left at the Valley. Thank I, you. I, You're I, very welcome. I don't, I don't know, Nancy. <laughs> She's got a really bad track record of not being very effective with her swooshing. We'll, we'll see because we now, we, we're fully swooshed. Christina, will we'll you see. check the uh, the online, see if there's a fault line underneath this uh, building right now? Because <laughs> I have a feeling that something's going to happen. Enforcing <laughs> A volcano, an mark? earthquake, a wildfire, something. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, Back to you in the studio. (laughs) So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Godless Engineer. So stay with us. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. A Canadian, a New Yorker, and a Southern Belle walked into a podcast. And all hell broke loose. Seriously, though, what happens when we three ladies get together? Well, definitely a lot of talking. And accents. Funny accents. Well, I don't have an accent, but my co-hosts sure do. We mix North, South, and the Great White North together for two hours of pure secular discussion. Nothing is off-limits. From goofy religions like Scientology, woo like ghost hunting and alternative medicine, to hardcore history, hermeneutics, sex, and science, we cover it all. What the heck is a hermeneutic? Well, it's not a guy named Herman who sings falsetto, that's for sure. Join Beth, Ashley, and myself, Deborah, every Monday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and we take you beyond the trailer park and bring the conversation to life. Join us live on YouTube and participate in the conversation via the Q&A system, or catch us later on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Nobex. Visit www.beyondthetrailerpark.com for links to the show and our upcoming schedule. Bring your wine and sweet tea and settle in for fun facts and free thinking. We happily wear the explicit tag though, so make sure to wash out your mouth with something tasty before listening. That's live at 9.30pm Eastern on YouTube. Come give us a like and a share, no matter what type of accent you have. 
Every night on television we see satire, we see comedy, we see people poking fun at politicians, at all sorts of things. Why should religion, especially the Muslim religion, why should that be immune from people making fun of it? Not that this is making fun of it, I understand, but even so, why should you think that Islam should be uniquely immune from the things that politicians are not immune from and the rest of us are not immune from? Why are you so privileged in taking offense? All right, joining us online is John, the Godless Engineer. He's a guy who's got a YouTube channel. And he, he has a fun, fun time debunking, especially flat earthers. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. John, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah, it's great being here. And I guess uh, I really need to start off proper, don't I? <clears throat> What's up, heathen? Ah, yeah. Awesome. Oh, God, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> John, you're uh, you're making quite the splash down there in the uh, YouTube world, uh, especially in the States, but you might not be as well-known up here north of the 49th, so maybe you'd give us a nice little bio as to what you do and what the goddess engineer is. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a uh, heathen in northern Alabama. Uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, an agnostic atheist. I started my YouTube channel after my Facebook page actually gained a lot of traction. And so I decided that I wanted to start making videos. And so that's what I started doing. And I pretty much just started off doing like response videos to different things and not really having like a set schedule or any, any kind of like actual um, – direction for the channel and then uh about two years ago or so i kind of finally found a direction that i wanted to go in and i've been chugging away since uh i've been making a lot of really great friends in the community really been building up a community and um been having a lot of fun doing it you certainly have and i really admire you what you you're doing there on your channel with your work uh you say you found a direction you wanted to go into would you want to be a bit more specific about that well, yeah, like, I guess more in terms of, like, schedule and what kind of content that I was going to produce regularly, um... And so it started off at me posting like three videos a week. I would post on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and they were all pretty much just like, um response videos mm -hmm. and then through the course of the year i kind of found a groove that i got into and uh, i tried to figure out ways that i could sort of streamline my recording process so that i could produce a lot more videos and when uh my girlfriend and i uh, kc we started doing the daily bible podcast we posted that we posted that on tuesdays and so then it was like four days a week I was posting I'm like well what are we going to post on Thursday it just seems like a big gap there yeah and so I, you know we did, I started doing um, other kind of random videos on Thursdays and uh, I do a lot of interviews with people and so I generally try to post those on like Fridays or Saturdays kind of depending here lately I've been doing it more like posting those kind of videos on Saturdays rather than on Fridays uh, just because of uh, everything that we have going on, it's really hard for me to like edit uh, at various times throughout the week. So, uh, but yeah, about two years ago, I really 
had a focus for it. Uh, you know, like I was like, well, I'm going to post three times a week and there are going to be these kind of response videos and, you know, it's going to cover like these three topics. And, and that's when we got the whole, you know, stand up user voice, uh, line as well as the, uh, what's up heathens that eventually made it in there. And so it's just been, you know, it's, it, it's been a, a grind ever since. John, I guess the first question that comes to mind is, are you an actual engineer by trade? Uh, yes. That's what a lot of people ask me, actually. Like, they think that I just threw the engineer on there for whatever reason. Like, it just sounds good. But, uh, no, I am. Uh, and I, I didn't think that you were, you guys were doing that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I have a bachelor's in computer engineering and a master's in software engineering. And currently, uh, I work as a professional software engineer. So this guy is obviously way smarter than I right off the bat. Yeah, so and, <laughs> yeah and, and what a full schedule. You've got your day job, and then you've got the podcast. Kind of makes our little weekly a podcast kind of look yeah, like, hey, yeah, what are we? Second rate, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what I was saying, like, about how I wanted to streamline my recording process so that I could do more. And but what, what I ended up doing was I, I stream live on my Facebook page on Mondays and I stream live on the YouTube channel on Fridays. And so uh, the live streams that I've done um, on Facebook, I generally cut up and put into videos. And whenever I do those live streams, they consist of like a today I learned section and comments and then a video response. And so basically that's me recording two videos right there in a live stream that I can cut up and put on the YouTube channel. And then actually here recently I've been taking the, the live streams that I've done in the past on the YouTube channel and I've kind of been taking excerpts out of it and making about a 10 or 12 minute video and putting that up on Thursdays and those have been doing really well so I think I'm going to continue with that for Thursdays Jeez, I, I used to say that Aaron Raw was the hardest working man in atheism I might have to revisit that that claim and <laughs> put it to you well you see <laughs> With Aaron, uh, he he does a lot of like speaking engagements, and he travels the world, oh, yeah. you know, talking about uh, science and and atheist act activism. Uh, whereas me, I mean, I work forty hours a week, and then I come home and like a couple hours a night, I'll I'll edit or something. So I, I don't know if, if I I don't think I'd I'd, I'd uh, unseat him from the hardest working atheist <laughs> activist. No, but take the seat right next to him. No, yeah, yeah, it's a, you're a good contender for sure. You're a good contender. Uh, John, you've been doing a lot of work, especially debunking flat earthers. Um, man, is this is there like a resurgence of these morons down the States? What is it with that? Well, yeah, the, there has been. I mean, it's been getting a lot of traction um, because, you know, before it was just crazies on the Internet. And now they have like international conferences that go on and uh, you it, it's it's so pervasive that you have like major people talking about the topic like Neil deGrasse Tyson and other scientists. And uh, it, it all started with Samuel Robotham in the 19th century. Um, he challenged the current model with his whole Bedford level experiment. And uh, despite it being like debunked immediately as not proving that we live on a flat earth, it's still purported as like a solid experiment that proves that we live on a flat earth. But 
the problem with the Robotham Bedford Lovell experiment is is that it doesn't account for refraction, and, and it was actually Alfred Wallace that came in, who was a surveyor that applied, you know, uh, atmospheric refraction to it and showed how no, you know, you, it actually is the curved and whatnot, and there actually is a curve that you can see. And uh, despite all of that, though it's still been gaining a lot of traction. Uh, You know, not so much after that point, but, like, I guess in the wake of, like, 9-11 trutherism kind of thing, like conspiracy theories really becoming a a bit more mainstream, I guess, I think that it's just kind of a natural consequence of that because once they're, like, you know, doubt the story of, you know, 9-11 or whatnot, then it's kind of, you know, where do you, where can you progress from there? And I I would think that it would be ultra-skepticism that causes people to doubt whether or not we live on a globe. Do you, do you feel that this this resurgence in the flat earthers and the flat earther society? I mean, originally it was fed off religion, obviously, right? It was just a counter that whatever the Bible said, it had to be true. But do you think they, they're using the same source for their arguments today, or are they actually just using what they observed as the individual? Well, I think that it's it's kind of a combination because uh, the flat earther movement um, has actually become so big that they've kind of splintered into different factions, if you will, because you have the factions of those that believe that, you know, the Bible shows us that it's a flat earth, therefore it's a flat earth and the Bible can't be wrong. And then you've got the ones that don't that that don't hinge on like the Bible or, or faith is the reason why they think it and they try to use like pseudoscience in order to prove it and so uh, i'm sorry what was the question (laughs) (laughs) i'm just wondering if if you you, you're coming across uh like you said it's split into two but whether or not the source of their argument Uh, for that is more their observations from themselves or more what the bible said itself yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, what I was saying applies. Um, so it, it, it's kind of split, um, and uh, you have the people that are like, oh, you go out and you look, and it's flat, and therefore it's flat. And so it's their own observations without regard to the actual scientific explanations as to why it appears that way to them. And, um, and, and that eventually, like, would leave some people to be like, oh, the Bible has the answers. Because, I mean, if they if they're already hinging on the Bible for like, you know, the creation of the earth and whatnot, I think it's kind of an easy step into the whole flat earth thing, which ironically the flat earth theory is way too crazy even for answers in Genesis. So these are people that are like below answers in Genesis on like the intelligence like ladder. So I I always find that really interesting. That is a very long bar. Kind of inserting this because we were talking earlier, you were talking earlier about so many crazies in the U.S. Just to make make sure that you know, we have a flat earth society in Canada as well. Don't and talk I, bad about Canada to the American. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we're supposed to be like they're, they're, they look up to us. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just well, to level the playing field in terms of, of you know, cra- crazies are all over. So we, we do well, have some up here. Are you aware of the Canadian group or when you are 
doing your um, your research on them, are you pretty well sticking with the with the U.S. He's uh, got, flat he's, Earth? He's got guys. plenty in the states, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, there's plenty in the states, but I mean, like uh, I think recently there was actually a flat Earth conference in Canada. Yes. Yeah, uh, there was. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, uh I believe there's this one channel called Celebrate Truth that's been posting up like all of the speeches and whatnot from it. And uh th- so there there was a conference in in Canada. There was uh, there's also a conference in the US and then I believe that there's a conference in the UK. Yeah. And I've actually debated a flat earther from the UK. Um uh, his name is Objectively Dan. Dave? Objectively Dave or something? Um, I always call him demonstrably dipshit, though. <laughs> demonstrably dipshit. Uh, yes. Oh. He's in Africa. No, allegedly Dave, and he's not in Africa. He's in the UK. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he's, one of, he's also one of those free man people. I don't know if oh, you know about yes. those, but they... they... Yeah, the free man movement, yes, yes. Oh, Lord. I'm familiar with it, too. The uh, best YouTube videos are always made with them. <laughs> it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of curious, because you can almost say that, that since you said there's a split in the Flat Earth movement, you can almost say that there's a religious Flat Earther and almost a secular one now as well. They're not really using religious argument, which is interesting. Yeah, uh, but also that guy, his name is actually Allegedly Dave, is what his name is, and he's a, he's a urine therapy activist. Oh, <laughs> oh <God>. what? <laughs> urine therapy yeah. activist. He drinks his own urine. Oh, Ew. good. We're not Arnold Schwarzenegger here. What does Arnold Schwarzenegger have to do with this? Watch any movie with him on a rock. What? <laughs> the, Watch the, any Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. The comments of Dominic are not necessarily those of Left to the Valley subsidiaries yeah. employees. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you wanted that. truth here. <laughs> okay, that's that's very interesting. Um, so uh, you've you've been obviously responding to a lot of people. Have you developed as the godless engineer uh, a bit of a uh, backlash? Have you uh, found people that have, uh, could almost become your nemesis in the YouTube world? Oh, oh, definitely. Um, like, like over over the uh, flat Earth situation, um, there's D Marble who who actually called me out in a stream, and he was like, "I will send you a laser to do this laser experiment if you will do it." And so, like, I commented on his video, like, I put my PO box address. I'm like, send me the laser. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it, of course, you know, I confronted him about it, and he's like, "Well, I think what I would need to do is actually travel down to you and do the experiment yes. with you before I give you the laser, or maybe even not give me the laser at all." But he, he's just, he kept pushing like the goalposts on it to the point where you know he's not going to give me the laser. False advertisement. Um, huh? Is that is that is that the guy who keeps uh, saying, uh, "What's his catchphrase?" Suck my nuts. Oh, suck my nuts. What's suck that? my balls. Yeah, yeah. He keeps, he keeps saying that in his videos for some reason. Suck my balls. He's kind of he's kind of vulgar. Yeah, that's a uh, that's Delano TV. Oh, Delano and, TV. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, he he's he's a character. Like I don't. He's actually uh, listened to one of my videos before because I, I responded uh, along with a couple other people to it, and like he, he all he had to say was he just laughed, shook his head, and was like, "Suck my nuts." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an argument proof, if I've man. ever heard one. <laughs> so, do you think that with people believing in flat Earth, the well, do you think a lot of people? when they have a small understanding of science but not a comprehensive one it can lead to them believing it more readily and almost like holding that belief stronger because they can do these like experiments that they don't fully understand Mm. but they like oh well this proves this but not actually understanding that it doesn't actually prove that right yeah i think that the the faux science that some of these people really put out there is what convinces people because you, you know they're like well you know he's got a laser and he's shooting the laser over a body of water and you can see the laser from 10 miles away and it, you know it, it's 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 giving the appearance of science while leaving out core principles that would explain like why you can see the laser over 10 miles that I think is what gives them a lot of recognition and a lot of ammo for uh, you know to use against people. Plus, I think the people that are succumbing to these kind of crazy ideas um, are already incredibly gullible, yeah. and so it, giving them some kind of air of like sciency talk or any kind of experiment that you might do. Um, I think that really emboldens them and being like, oh, yeah, definitely. This this is all boat. We definitely live on a flat plane because, you know, how uh, you can definitely see the ships reappearing when you zoom in. And it's like, well, yeah, you can. But at some point, the ship's going to go far out enough to where the water covers it. How do you explain that? Well, if you could just zoom in more. N- no, it's hidden by water. <laughs> like you can't see through it. You can't X-ray Superman through that stuff. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel that maybe the fact that, like you said, Neil deGrasse Tyson answered and flat Earth and all that, we're giving them legitimacy, and maybe that's a mistake we're doing? Uh, you know, a lot of people say that, but I, I definitely disagree with it. Um, and uh, th- there are uh, flat Earthers like Ma- Mark Sargent uh, who consider any time flat Earth is mentioned anywhere to be a win for him. Uh, but at the same time. We have to combat bad ideas with good information. And the fact that bad ideas travel faster and are more prevalent uh, and are easily accepted, uh, uh, more more easily accepted than like good information and good explanations, that just means that we have to work ten times harder in order to combat it. And I think that wherever wherever there's bad scientific information or bad things that are being purported in general, I think that it's incumbent upon anybody that is, you know, I guess scientifically inclined or just they understand it to, you know, to correct people whenever they say incorrect things like that. And I think the fact that the flat earth movement is growing just like the anti-vax movement is growing – I think that we just need to, 
you know, persevere and continue to combat these bad ideas, no matter how tired we get of telling people like uh, about atmospheric refraction or about how vaccines actually work. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we have to be persistent in combating those ideas with good information. Do you think that starts in grade school or high school and that the, the current science programs in the public schools need to be uh, shored up? Or do you think there's always going to be those gaps that are going to be allowed, where the crazies are going to come through anyway? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think that it necessarily starts in high school. I, I think that it that it probably starts sometimes sometime after that but that that was like i guess with the more the first wave of them because uh, you know like back in high school at least for me like nobody was talking about the possibility of the earth being flat i don't know if it's maybe just my geographical area or whatnot but like it was it was that was not even a question um and uh, like just like uh, uh evolution it really wasn't questioned i mean it was it was taught just fine uh, where i uh where i grew up but um I think that it's it's more than likely like happening after that and 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 now but nowadays I would say that it's probably infecting like high school kids too because of social media because you know I'm I'm in uh, I'm kind of an old fart because you know back when I was in high school like Twitter Facebook all that wasn't a thing but now that we've got social media where you know kids are on social media while they're in school and they, they have access to all of that I think that it's probably now you know happening in high school and maybe middle school or something but i also know a lot of flat earthers they will sit there and teach their kids that it's a lie that we live on a globe um you whenever you search flat earth you can usually find at least one video of a guy telling his children that the earth is flat and and what i found this one video of a guy who had his daughter jumping up and down and it's like you know if the earth was spinning why did i land right where i was and it's wow. like you yeah it, it, it's it, it 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 makes me sad whenever i see that because it, you know these are par- like parents and teachers are put in these positions where they're they're trusted yeah. they have that implicit trust from their children yeah. and I, I feel like taking advantage of that and telling them things that are demonstrably wrong is wrong in and of itself the worst part is it's not even done maliciously these people actually believe in their falsehoods and you know you can't really even kind of wag your finger at them because they're you know nobody's the villain in their story right this is exactly it yeah so so it kind of segues into the question i wanted to ask you um of all the arguments you've seen uh about the flat earthers which one would you think is like the most ridiculous and you want to kind of get rid of and which one was probably the best you heard of (laughs) <laughs> See that one the, the the best one is probably the harder question. Uh but the one that always gets me uh that I don't like hearing and that there's no real response to is well gravity doesn't exist. Yeah. And you know that that's always that's always crazy to me because like if you go back to like a physics one class, which I mean, admittedly I didn't have physics until I was in uh college. 
but I mean, even before that, you had physical science classes. And I don't know if maybe, <laughs> see, I was in science Olympiad when I was in uh, middle school and like physical science was the one thing that I was good at. Like I could, I could get like first place in the physical science um, uh, uh, activity, but like <laughs> you put me out in the middle of trees and asked me to identify trees. I'm just like, yep, that's a dogwood. It's like, John, it's a pine cone. It's like, <laughs> it's dogwood. I know it's a dogwood. I've seen dogwood. Um, but, uh, you know, even with physical science, uh, you know, you have the idea of the basic laws of motion. You know, I mean, if you have a, an object that's just sitting there, it, you know, if it falls down, then there's a force that's pushing on it. And like these, the flat earthers, they'll just be like, oh, it just falls down. And it's like, well, what's causing it to fall down? Density and buoyancy. Well, that doesn't make sense because it requires an external force in order to tell it which way to go down or, or which, you know, which way to go when the force is acted upon it. So, like, it always perplexes me whenever they say that gravity doesn't exist. Um, and then the best, the best argument, I would say probably the one that's probably the most um, – convincing for people that is usually hard to really um convince them that they're wrong is the whole laser over water thing because you might have to explain that to me because I'm, as soon as you said laser thing i thought you were talking about the experiment of shooting the laser and bouncing it off the moon and back so you might have to explain uh, that laser experiment over water because i'm i don't think i'm familiar with it well, uh, okay, so I actually put up a video last week or whatnot where I criticized the Team Marble guy about his laser experiment. And basically, the, the the whole thing is is that you get a laser and you put it on the shore uh, across a body of water and you shoot the laser over the body of water parallel to the water. Mm -hmm. And then you can see it from like 10 miles away. And since you can see it from 10 miles away, that means that the earth is flat and that there's no curve because you should have a certain amount of, of curvature uh, over that area. Like you shouldn't be able to see like 50 or 60 feet uh, of the other side. And with the laser right there at sea level shooting across the water, um, you know, you, you shouldn't be able to, to see it. And so that's convincing to people because flat earthers, they, they don't understand atmospheric refraction. Even if they say they, they get atmospheric refraction, they reject the fact that the atmosphere can refract the light over the curvature of the earth. Um, and <coughs> the, the way that that happens is that the, the light produced by the laser it interacts with the molecules uh that are are denser and cooler just above the water and it causes a, a, a refraction effect mm -hmm. so basically with the amount of, of points that it refracts it basically bends over the water and uh that's how you can see like the chicago skyline from uh michigan um, there's a very famous picture out there where uh, it's got like a uh, sort of like a time lapse of images where you you're looking at the Chicago skyline and you can't see anything. And then as it progresses closer to sundown, the air over the water gets cooler and you can see more of the Chicago skyline. And that's because of refraction. 
it also comes into play with like ships going over the curvature of the earth uh and you know they just say that you can just zoom in and you'll be able to see them again uh but the the laser over the water and 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 that whole kind of uh subject of of seeing the curvature over water is kind of is a convincing argument i i I could see how it would be a convincing argument but it's only convincing because the flat earthers they leave out information that's integral to understanding why that happens and also i guess it assumes too that you're living on a perfectly spherical planet which is not really the case right Oh yeah, uh, that, that's another. Uh, that's an assumption that that flat earthers make is that is that we think that we live on this perfectly spherical uh, uh, ball, basically, and uh, the the fact is is that we don't. And so, like, whenever they're like, "Oh, this river runs uphill," it's like, "Well, no, because of elevation and and how everything is situated, it's still running downhill, yeah. but it just appears to run uphill." Like like I can't re- I can't think of any of the rivers that that they generally point to, but there have been flat earthers that have been like, oh well, this this thing right here runs uphill, and it's like, oh well, that's not really running uphill, but uh, you, you're trying. Yeah. <laughs> you put yeah. in an effort, but you don't have anything to back it up with. Yeah. It's like the yeah. flat Earth laser across the I've body got, of water. I've it's, got I've got an image of the uh, the Earth without the oceans. On it, and it really, you know, when you look at it, it kind of looks like some weird shape asteroid, and and you know, you realize we're not even, it's not even close to being a sphere in many in many aspects. So I understand when they say oblate spheroid or pear shape, it totally kind of looks like a fat bottom pear in a way. Well, it's like oh, yeah. anything else when you have a little bit of knowledge, but you don't have any facts and reason to back it up. You don't understand the depth of what you're talking about. Mm. It's very easy to believe and to be very gullible to various permutations of what it is that you believe in that's absolutely wrong or part of being right, but you can't discern. I mean, it's, it's true in, in science and medicine and a lot of and in logic when you just have a little bit, yeah. but not enough understanding you know to understand the entire uh, scope of what you're what you're into i think that's the cornerstone of almost all conspiracy theories well this (laughs) is is a little bit of information well this is what i find absolutely fascinating about this because uh, you know this is why i asked at the beginning why you know there are some some of them are uh, flat earthers or you know they use the the bible as as a justification but then there's the other group and you know they're they're holding on to this and you kind of wonder why. And if if if, if it's not if it's, if you're going to be a religious fellow and you're supporting your God, you're trying to defend your faith. I get your excuse why you're trying so hard to fight for this. But if you're not using this as your excuse, why would you be so stubborn as to not listen to the science and to, to keep that ideal in your mind? That 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 kind of puzzles me. Well, I think that it's it's more about you know feeling special, like mm-hmm. because. Uh, you know, these flat earthers, they, they feel like they're woke, <laughs> you know, that they have this special information and that nobody else has this information. And those that don't believe this information are, are woefully misinformed. And so they feel this kind of specialness. And I mean, I can understand that, like wanting to feel special or whatnot, because like, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, damn, I want to be Spider-Man. 
But, you know, I, I never tried to get bit by a spider in order to turn into Spider-Man because uh, I knew that that wasn't like a real thing. But I, I, I wanted to feel special. You know, it's that it's that whole feel of wanting to feel special. And that's what they feel is is that they have this special knowledge, knowledge that other people don't have. And so they want to share it and they want everybody to believe it because it's what makes them special. It's it's the, what you're saying is it's like cult mentality. They're special. Yeah, type yeah, of special. Yeah. They're chosen the way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're chosen. chosen they're to special be yeah. because they have knowledge and they have belief that others have either overlooked or not fully understood. Yeah. So maybe cult is the wrong word, but that's the first one that comes to mind. Well, John, we spend a lot of time talking about flat earthers, but they're not the only type of people you have on your show. Uh, what other uh, debunking do you do? Uh, well, the the other the other thing that really kind of gets um, a, some people angry at me is uh, mythicism. Oh. Um, yeah, I uh, well, mythicism uh, and what what that is, it's more specifically Christ mythicism. Um, I don't think that Jesus actually existed as a man. God, I love this guy. Uh, huh? I love you, man. I totally, I'm totally in love with you right now. It's fuck. <laughs> I totally understand. I I I am on the same page. Yeah, so uh, I get a lot of hate for that. Uh, I don't know why, but like uh, the the same thing happens as it happens with the flat earthers. Like people are just belligerent to me about it, and um, I don't really I don't really go with the fantastical kind of mythicism where it you know they just make outrageous claims. I, I'm I'm more based on you know what the actual facts are and and what evidence is there to support like a Jesus existing in history. And in if, if you actually look into the actual evidence for it, uh, there's not a lot. Like, there's there's little to no evidence to support the idea that Jesus ex- existed in history. I mean, there's still the possibility of it, but I would say that the evidence suggests that he probably didn't. You know, we should do an episode with him, David Fitzgerald, and Richard Carrier. You were, uh, you were reading <laughs> my mind. That would be an absolute great show. Absolutely reading my mind. If that happens, I want to listen to that episode five times over just to hear the conversations again. Oh yeah, you know, I'm really good friends with both of those guys. Oh, we oh. love we love David Fitzgerald. We love Richard Carrier as well. Uh, we we often try to get Robert Price, but he's a bit harder to get on. <laughs> yeah, he's been on the show once. Um, so John. Uh, you know, uh, look at, looking at the future and all that, uh, what's what's coming up for Godless Engineer? Where are you heading there? Uh, well, you know, it's pretty much the same kind of grind um, with the addition of uh, we have a conference, not, not Godless Engineer, but uh, me and a few other creators uh, have decided to uh, form a nonprofit called Faithless Forum, um, and it's going to be held in Dallas, Texas. And hopefully, in the future, we have like extended plans to like have Faithless Forums in like Canada and other places, uh, and because we, we have a lot of creators in Canada that we we love to highlight, and and we want to you know host faithless forums in their area and everything and um that's that's going to be a really big focus okay. uh you but the link to to that so we can put it in the notes of the show oh yeah it's uh faithlessforum.com is the actual website for it that's i think we've just got to we don't have like a youtube channel or anything but the 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 website we're going to be announcing soon uh the the dates and um 
maybe a couple panels or something like that uh, for Faithless Forum. Uh, we're, we're in the early planning process for it, uh, but we're definitely having another one in Dallas this year, and uh, we we can't wait to, to go there and get that done. Um, it's going to be a little bit bigger than last time, uh, and so, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit more planning and everything. And then, um, as far as the act, my actual channel goes, uh, it, like I said, it's pretty much just grinding it out. You know, we, we have the daily Bible podcast. We're getting into the uh, Joshua story. And so we're going to be learning about Joshua and all of his antics and whatnot as he crushes the people of Jericho. Um, what? Oh yeah, uh, well, he, uh, he had all the Israelites woman. circumcise exactly. themselves yes. prior to storming Jericho, which is just a fabulous idea. Um, and then uh, you know I'm going to be focusing on flat Earth stuff, like on Fridays, and probably like have the throwbacks on on Thursdays. They're going to be flat Earth or- oriented, and uh, you know I have interviews that I schedule up. And I, you know, interview people talking about, you know, how they came to be an atheist. Um, and then I also have discussions that I have with uh, people that's on the other side. I'm, I'm always trying to find like a flat earther that will talk to me. But it's like, I don't know if they're just all scared of talking to me or something. <laughs> but like the one to. guy, what was that? I think they have a good reason to. <laughs> there was one guy that talked to me for a little while, but I mean, he was just a belligerent guy that only that just wanted to get me on a call so that he could call me all sorts of names. And I mean, that was kind of funny, like for that one time. But I, I'm really wanting to have an actual discussion with a flat earther and uh, to to see like why they believe it, what what methods do they use to determine what's true and what's not and and to actually just talk you know one-on-one with them um and then of course i got response videos that i do all the time Uh, i know this past week i put up a response video to uh inspiring philosophy who had a problem with my comparison of jesus's passion and resurrection narrative to the anana uh uh, descent uh, into the underworld And um, he he totally twisted my words around and all that kind of stuff about what I was even saying in the video, and um, but for the most part the response videos aren't all that serious. They're they're usually really funny, and I, I try I try to just have fun with it while providing some educational information. I try to go the extra mile with them, and you know even if it's a video that has legit no like good claims or nothing that I can really debunk, I can still add some extra information to the videos by like doing like a little extra research and explaining some things. And uh, so I've been trying to focus on that and trying to focus on making my channel a bit more geared towards, you know, informing people of information rather than just laughing at, you know, idiots on the internet. (laughs) Um, But I I still do that. It's just, you know, I try to add that little bit of information to it. And I mean, I think that I've been doing a fairly good job. I usually get, you know, comments about how you're funny and educational at the same time. So I, I, you know, I always try to make sure that I've got the, all the best facts with all the best words uh, for my live streams. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's got all the best facts and all the best words. Nothing but the best. Sounds like Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> so going back to the Faithless Forum for a minute, John, who's doing these? Uh, do you have a panel or um, a couple of friends that, that are like-minded that do this with you, or do you do it by yourself? Oh yeah, it is definitely not not all me whatsoever. Uh, we have uh, Casey, my uh, girlfriend's the event planner, right? Director of event planning. Director of event planning. Get it right, man. Get it right. Direct. I know. You know what? Uh, just walk aside, what? John. Put put Casey on the mic instead. I think. I'm I'm more. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a full like nonprofit kind of organization that we're doing here. Uh, we have a board of people where you know we're the deciding factors on what panels are, are going to be there, when it's going to be, where it's going to be at. Uh, like I was saying, uh, Casey, my girlfriend's on it. We've also got Thomas Westbrook of oh. uh, Holy Kool Aid, yes. uh, genetic. Genetically modified skeptic uh, Drew, he's there. Uh, we've also got Telltale, uh, and then we've got um, Philip, who's who, he doesn't really have like any kind of social media presence or whatnot, but he's he's great with like financial planning. I think he's the treasurer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the treasurer. Am I missing anybody? Did I say Telltale? Oh, and Prophet Azad. Uh, Prophet Azad's a, uh, he, he's also on the board as well. Um, so we've got a pretty diverse board, and we, you know, we, we talk amongst ourselves about, you know, what's going to be planned and everything like that. And so it's never any one person's decision about anything. It, it's got to be a group kind of majority decision of, of what panels are there and, and who gets to come and be on a panel. Wow. You should have us on the panel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it, it, it really sounds like the, the timing is right for this, and it sounds like something you your audience is, is bound to grow mm-hmm. once you're, you're established. So it sounds very exciting. John, uh, if, if you were, uh, for your, uh, your podcast and your interviews, if there's somebody out there, I mean, besides the Left of the Valley crew, of course, <laughs> if there was somebody out there you, could, you really wanted to get, who would it be? Uh... You know, um, I, I don't know uh, because I mean, the people that I try to have on on the interviews and whatnot are not generally like big people. I, I, I like to have more of the you know everyman, uh, I guess, like just smaller creators and maybe some people that aren't creators because the the main thing about the interviews is it's supposed to be a demonstration that you know you're like like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like you you have other people out there that are experiencing the same things as you are, and they're not just big YouTubers or they're they're not just well known people. It's it's just everyday people that have like that went through the exact same things as other people did and that's really connected with a lot of people on those particular videos because uh, you'll have a lot of comments that are like man I went through this too and you know a lot of people feel you know a little bit less alone in, in what they went through by listening to you know people that are not necessarily like TJ Kirk uh, or, or um, uh, who's the guy that played House Oh, uh, Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Laurie. Um, 
like I wouldn't I wouldn't even if I could get like a Hugh Laurie or some kind of major I guess person that's an atheist in the public eye I probably wouldn't want to have them on that particular series because it's more meant to showcase how everybody goes to these things and um i i think that i'll continue you know doing that on that particular series so definitely left at the valley i would definitely love to have you guys on an interview sometime (laughs) you might regret you might regret these words as you say these right now we're definitely outside the box what do you mean kevin i'm gonna mute your microphone in a second there sir <laughs> John, thank you so much for being on the show today. If people want to find out more about Godless Engineer and all your work, where can they find you? Uh, well, they can find me on YouTube at Godless Engineer. I'm on Facebook uh, at Godless Engineering. Um, Twitter, Godless Engineer. Pretty much, you look up Godless Engineer and you'll find my face. Also, if you look up almost any YouTube creator that's like relevant out there right now, I've probably done a collab with them, and my face will show up in the feed of images or whatnot. If you look, like, if you Google Godless Cranium, I'll, I show up in the images. Uh, same thing with like Polygia and all them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. You just look up Godless Engineer and you'll find me. Fantastic, John. Thank you so much for all this. But before I let you go, I gotta have you say, "Hey there, heathens! It's John, the Godless Engineer, and I took a left to the valley." Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> hey there, heathens! I'm John, the Godless Engineer, and I took a left at the valley. Fantastic. And that was the Godless Engineer. <laughs> you know what? They're all our favorites. We love them yeah. all. Yeah. I've got to say, that is a fantastic name. Yeah, I, I agree. I love the name. He's a great Cut. great guest. He's knowledgeable in so many different areas, and he's just a lot of fun to talk to. Absolutely. He, he is, and I think uh, it's, a, it's a great addition to the show, and uh, I, we're going to certainly keep an eye on what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, because uh, if he's uh, rallying and developing another kind of uh, faithless forum all over the place, and here in Canada, we certainly want to be a part of it. Absolutely. So that'd be Absolutely. great. So thank you so much, guys, and thank you to the listener for being uh, with us here on the show. And Yeah, even thank you too, Dominic. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. You can find us at leftofvalley.com. You can find us on Twitter at LETV Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can send us an email at leftofvalley.com. Give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It really helps us and helps others find the show. Coming up, where's my schedule? I should really have this out instead. I'm putting it out now. You should probably write it down like a sticky note and put, put it on. Who like does that now? I do. So I have to do it for school anyway. Next week, we'll be talking to our friend Jessica, the therapist. And we'll be talking about... What did we talk about? Harm reduction and de-escalation. That's what we're talking about. Oh, what? You'll find out. You'll find out. The week after that, we'll be talking to Stephen Woodworth of Reality Rules. Or Rationality Rules? Rationality. Rationality Rules, sorry. My mistake. And on the 22nd, we'll be talking to a couple of ladies of their podcast called Forsaking Faith. Nice. I've heard about them. So that's going to be fun. And, of course, our old friend David Fitzgerald is coming back. Oh. And we'll be talking about John the Baptist. The yeah. historicity of John the Baptist. I can't oh, wait for that. Wow, yeah. In October, we'll also be talking to another podcaster or YouTuber called Vice Rhino. Oh. So I got some... Uh, Looking to do. Yeah, exactly. So that's great. We'll be to introducing our audience to a lot of other <laughs> podcasts, 
Yeah, which is always a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, looking, oh, we love looking to do that. forward to the variety of guests that are coming up in the next month or two. We always have a huge I wide variety of guests. I know. And all good guests so far. Anyway. They are. I can I, I can maybe count on maybe on one hand, if that, how many guests I would not just bring back, but the vast, vast majority of them for sure. Great people. <laughs> all right. Anything else we need to add? Hogwarts starts today, guys. Oh, what? She's Hogwarts. It's the first day of school at Hogwarts. <gasps> well, technically, the first day. I should really this stop happy, asking Happy that. Labor Day. Everybody's yes. going to it's Hogwarts Labor Day long today. weekend. Yeah. Enjoy the long yep. weekend. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Uh, I mean, I can't think of any topic that I don't want to talk about. So, I mean, I'm 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 pretty open to talk about anything. Yeah, because Nancy usually has a tendency to ask about people or about sex and furniture. Oh and you're fine with that. No, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, that's you. <laughs> Kevin, don't go down that road. That's a dark path. <laughs> Two minutes into this, and Joe's gonna hang up. Oh, I'm not talking to those crazy kids. Nope. <laughs> he's in he's in Alabama. I think he's actually yeah, just gonna <laughs> nope out of here. And and uh, oh yeah, of course at the end I'm gonna have to have you say your famous. Hey there, heathens! I love that. <laughs> I like that intro. That I love the way you said that. Perfect. Okay. Take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind Time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Atheist, atheist, atheist I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist.